Hello and welcome to the first episode of Valley Voice, our new Charlton Athletic podcast. My name's Robert Warlow. I'm joined here today by digital club writer for Charlton, Clive Yorton. Hello, Rob. Hello. And also our digital club writer for Queen's Park Rangers, Phil Spencer. Good afternoon, Rob. Afternoon, guys. So this is our first podcast and uh, we've, we'll start with talking about the FA Cup and uh, the magic that comes with that, Clive. It was uh, Charlton were in action at the weekend and they progressed to the second round with a, a 3-1 win against Truro City. So you were there. What was it, what was it like? Well, it's one of those where they're on a hiding to nothing, really. They were going to win the game. It, that was the expectation. Of course, that was the outcome. Um, it, they made a little bit more hard work of it than was expected, to be honest. And I was very impressed with Truro in the second half. They came at Charlton and uh, hit the bar right at the end. Could have been 3-2. And fair play to the Charlton fans. They all waited and stood and applauded Truro off the pitch, which I thought, even I did, you know, I don't normally stand there and applaud teams, but I felt compelled to do it because they, they did put in a great performance. But overall, Charlton deserved to win. They looked like they were going to score every time they went forward, to be honest. And maybe wrong, wrong options and poor finishing meant they didn't score the, the goals they were perhaps expected to do. But they're through to the next round and that's all that counts in the FA Cup, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. I guess it was, it was one of those banana skins for, for a club like Charlton, mm. you know, Particularly being at home as well, you, you don't want to be the, the, the ones on the end of a shock, do you, no. in the cup? The magic of the cup wasn't really there, to be honest. If you look around the ground, I think the crowd was something like four, four and a half thousand, nine hundred of which were from Truro. So there wasn't a, a great deal of chance support on the day. Season ticket holders have to pay, so they didn't bother. Well, most of them, are, I'm imagining, didn't bother. So there wasn't a great atmosphere, apart from the, the Truro fans who put in the... You know, who, who taunted the uh, Charlton fans with the usual stuff when there's no crowd at their ground. Um, that was quite entertaining, but no, you know, they're through to the next round and now they've got a, a nice tie with uh, AFC Wimbledon away, which uh, which will be an altogether more meaningful affair, I think. What, what do you make of that as a draw? I mean, they played each other recently in the league, mm. didn't they? Yeah, I wasn't there, um, but apparently it was a very dire game of football. Very few chances. Charlton edged it 1-0 with a Ricky Holmes special. Um, I don't think that Carl Robinson would have liked that draw for him personally to have to go to Wimbledon twice in a season. It's probably once too many. He has to go there once in the league, but of course the Wimbledon fans don't like him because of his MK Dons connection. And uh, he had to suffer some abuse actually last season at the league game, um, which is February this year. So he won't have wanted to go back there, I wouldn't have thought. But he'll, you know, publicly he'll say, well, the fans are going to have a go at me. That means they're not supporting their team, as he did in the last uh, league game when Charlton won 1-0. So maybe it's a positive in that respect. You know, they'll be fully focused for that game. I think that was, the, they were his comments after the, the recent game, weren't they? Mm. The, the, the fans, you know, almost sort of took took it away from their own, supporting their own team because they mm. were so anti Carl Robinson on the day. There does seem to be an obsession with um, Carl Robinson and MK Dons uh, with the Wimbledon fans. You know, you can understand it from, from their point of view. I can see both sides of it. And uh, But yeah, it does add a little bit of spice to, to that game, that's for sure. But what do you make of that? The, uh, the Obviously, the, the, it's well publicised, the whole MK Dons, you know, was the old Wimbledon moving to MK Dons? I mean, it, back back at the time, it was obviously quite controversial. I think it still is for a lot of the fans, isn't it? I mean, what do you make of it as looking from the outside? I mean, 
I think it's exactly that. I think it, it, it was it was a controversial situation at, uh, at that point as well. Um, you can see why the AFC Wimbledon fans have still got uh, a bit of a bee in the bonnet um, about it. And obviously, um, Carl Robinson, I suppose in a way, acts as almost like the, the face of MK Dons for quite a, quite a number of years as well. So um, it's the kind of situation where you can see why they're pointing the frustration at Carl Robinson. But at the end of the day, if it's going to detract from their, their performances on the day when they do meet in the, uh, the FA Cup second round, well then that's going to hinder them more than help them, isn't it? So. What, what do you think, it obviously, is two South London clubs coming up against each other? What did you make of the draw itself and, and you know, for Charlton an away tie? I mean, they probably would have liked it at home, I suppose. Definitely, no. I mean, in, in the FA Cup, you, you certainly want your, as many of your games at, at home as possible. And um, obviously going up against AFC Wimbledon as well, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough one for them. It's not a, it's certainly not a foregone conclusion for them to... Uh, to go and get a result, whereas the, the draw could have been a lot kinder for them, which I'm sure a lot of Charlton fans would have would have wanted going into the second round. Well, Neil Ardley, um, you know, he sets his team up very well at Wimbledon, and Carl Robinson's got this phrase at the moment: a low a low block is what he he says about teams who basically put put the shutters up and, mm. and don't come out and play and try and stop Charlton playing. Um, I'm guessing that Wimbledon will need to come out at home. And be a bit more attacking because the emphasis on or the onus is on them to do that. But um, you know, it's going to be an interesting game. I don't see there's going to be many goals in it. Maybe, maybe if I was a predict, making a prediction, I'd say it, it could go to a replay. I suppose that's probably not what either team would want, though. Really, and, and particularly no. when you, you get into the you know after this, and I know Charlton haven't got a game this week because the internationals, but particularly in the run up to Christmas and New Year, there's a lot of games in that schedule. You wouldn't really want another one slotted in. But also because Charlton aren't playing on international break day, which they didn't do the last time, you know these fixtures are building up a little bit, and they don't want that to happen. They want to be able to get get the fixtures out of the way and, and get the points in the bag and, and not have that congestion. So um, yeah, they don't want to replay, but they, they will want to win the game as well. And I'm, I'm assuming that he'll put a strong side out. He didn't have uh, a full side out on Saturday. He had a few missing. But it was still very strong on paper with the likes of Forster Kasky and Holmes and, and Mark Marshall and Ben Reeves, of course, coming back from, from injury. And uh, with those two now approaching full fitness, it's quite an exciting prospect, I think, for the start of the new year. But where does the FA Cup sort of come in the priorities, the priorities for Charlton this year? I mean, obviously the, the league has got to be, as everyone calls it, the bread and butter. Mm. I mean, Charlton are going for promotion, so would, would a cup run hinder that? I think it probably would, um, and it's probably low on the priority, higher than the Checker Trade Trophy, I would have thought. Um, but uh, Carl Robinson is a romantic, he loves the FA Cup, he loves the traditions of football, and he wouldn't want to dishonour that. He actually said the other day, he, came, he parked his car, walked into the um, players' tunnel, and there's a photo up there of the 1947 Charlton Athletic winning team. And he, he, he thinks about things like that, and he said it would almost have been a disservice to to those people to go out of the cup to Truro mm. and I think he has a lot of um, feeling for the competition he's a Liverpool born and bred supporter um, was six and nine years old when Liverpool beat Everton 86 and 89 so he, he's got a real good feeling for the traditions of the competition and I think he'll want to do as well as he possibly can and financially of course they could get a big club um, in the in the third round if they get through could be a potential uh, money spinner for them as well. So it's really refreshing that he sees it that way as well, because so, so many managers don't see it in that way. They do see it as almost uh, 
they're getting judged on the league format here too much Halton that they're going for promotion and that's how it will get judged this season so it, it would almost be understandable if he was to go you know what now I'm going to, I'm going to change the complete 11 let's give them a week mm. off make sure that we're fit and ready to go next week in the league but the fact that he would take it so seriously it is it is credit to him because a lot of managers wouldn't wouldn't approach it that way the interesting thing is he picked the team for the FA Cup three weeks ago he picked he picked a checker trade trophy team and he picked a Checker Trade Trophy team again for the second game, but in between an FA Cup game, I think he did it before the draw. Mm. He said he didn't pick a team to play Truro, he picked a team for the FA Cup. Mm. So that's quite interesting. And there must have been, well, I'd say six or seven first team regulars in the team, although they were out without McGuinness and Patrick Barrow and a couple of others they rested. He did have the core of a very, very good team. And the others were on the bench even, so... Um, and of course, Reeves and Marshall aren't fully fit yet, but any any League One club would have those two in their first team. I can say Ben Reeves is you know there's been a lot said about him when he, he came to Charlton and obviously what he can offer. Mm. Do you think that Charlton fans are starting to see signs of that? Yeah, they are with Reeves particularly. He scored I think he scored three goals in in four games he started. Mm. He's such a cool finisher. He is lacking a bit of match fitness and the position he plays in behind the striker or strikers even. Um, you know, he has to do a lot of running around, but you can see, you can see his class. Mm. And Marshall has put in three or four fantastic crosses, even though he looks, you know, maybe eighty percent fitness-wise at the moment. But uh, the two of them coming together and being in the team in tandem for the first time, really, in the last couple of weeks since the summer, that's like two new signings for Charlton. And Robinson even alluded that alluded to that saying that people are looking in January, what are we going to do in the transfer window? Well, these two players are coming back. You know, that's that's two, hell, you know, two really, really good signings. Obviously, there's no game this weekend, though, for Charlton. So is, is that, is it come at the wrong time to have a little break? They called it off, didn't they? They mm. postponed the game. Um, Carl Robinson said they'll play uh, leaders Shrewsbury when they're ready to play them. Um, you know, you can see why he called it off. Conza, De Silva, McGuinness, all on international duty. Three key players, even though they've got others coming back. So you can see why they've done it. I think he probably would like a bit of continuity. They've, they've had this two-week break already. They've got another two-week break now. And then they're going to have this backlog of fixtures, possibly. So, um, But they've got the squad now that's capable of earning promotion, in my view. I think they've got very good players. And you look at their bench at the weekend, very strong. And um, I have gone on record to say they'll make the top two. I still think that's that's the case. Phil, do you think, looking from the outside, that the Charlton are well placed for promotion? I, th- I think they're certainly making a good case for themselves. I mean, it's been a it's been a, a torrid couple of years for Charlton. I mean, I, I was uh, I'm, I'm a Middlesbrough fan, and I was at the game a couple of years back at the end of the season when they're throwing like tennis balls and stuff on the pitch. Um, obviously, with the uh, the protests towards the uh, the owners. Um, it, that that was a torrid time in the championship, and obviously they've had to rebuild. But I think I think a club like Charlton, they do deserve to be back in the championship. They've just got that kind of that kind of gravitas about them. They are a championship level club, aren't they? I mean, it's there's no there's no arguing with that. And if if they can put that that kind of form together over the course of this season, well, then they rightfully deserve to be back up where where they belong in in the championship. Yeah, I said to Carl Robinson um, at the end of last season that Charlton are in the wrong division, and he actually said no, they're in the right division. They're they're in the division that they are. Mm. It's as simple as that. And no club has got a divine right to be to be anywhere, have they? Nice. There's so many big clubs like Wigan and Blackburn, Bolton last season in, in League One. Mm. 
all with this aim of getting to the next level and not every club can do that so. I think every division seems to be more and more competitive every year doesn't it when mm. you look at the clubs that, like, like you mentioned that are in League 1 you know in the Championship mm. the Championship is a very hard league to get out of isn't it and, mm. and because of that some big teams do occasionally drop out of it and therefore League 1 becomes tougher so mm. I mean where Charlton are at the moment do you think <coughs> they'll be happy with being fourth at, at this juncture of the season? Yeah I think they will I think Cole Robinson is quietly pleased to be in, in amongst it without being there to be shot at, if you like. If you're there at, at the top, like Shrewsbury, have suddenly had a bit of a, a fall, so they lost their last league game. Um, and I put it to Carl that actually, psychologically, that might have been good to call the Shrewsbury game off because they want to put that league defeat behind them. Yeah. They've now got to wait another week to do that. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think fourth, they could be in a hard position. They've dropped points where they should have got more at Gillingham. They lost 1 0. Josh McGinn has missed a couple of really good chances before Gillingham scored, so they should have got a point out of that. Um, he, Carl Robinson keeps going on about the Plymouth goal defeat. They, you know, they've missed sitters in that game and lost that game. So they've lost the two of the bottom three or four. Um, but if you look at it overall, they've beaten Bradford City away recently, which is a fantastic result. Beat Wimbledon at home. They've beaten Doncaster at home. They've they've got a good run going now, and I think. He'd settle for, for fourth place and closing in on the leaders at this stage, yeah. I suppose Shrewsbury as well, a surprise package for a lot of people. I think if you'd have said to a lot of, you know, most, most observers at the start of the season who's going to be at the top of League One, Shrewsbury wouldn't have been a name that came up too often. No, they've done fantastically well and he said that. I think they've only lost one game, haven't they? The mm. last one yeah. against Peterborough United, was it? I mm. can't remember. But um, yeah, they've done, done really well. Of course, there's <coughs> Wigan and Blackburn going for promotion. Um, when Wigan played Charlton, they hammered them 3-0 at the Valley, it looked fantastic, and you think they're going to be right up there, but then they've had some strange results as well. So everybody can beat everybody. Um, bottom three teams are beating the likes of Peterborough, closer up to the top of the table, etc. So I think if you can put a run together, um, you've got a good chance. Obviously, <coughs> as we mentioned, with the Shrewsbury game being off this week, there is no Charlton match on at the weekend, but... There's obviously some, some Charlton players involved in some uh, some rather crucial international games. Yeah, Josh McGuinness playing for Northern Ireland. Um, two of the biggest games of his life, according to Carl Robinson, which they are, <coughs> against Switzerland. Um, Konza is with the England under-20s, although he did take a bit of a knock on his ankle on Saturday. Not sure whether he's going to be fit so, oh, sorry, on Sunday. And Jada Silva, the under-21 captain. So, um, And also... You know, they're missing, but um, I think there's a behind-closed-doors game against Queen's Park Rangers on Friday right. at Loftus Road, just to keep the players ticking over, and then they'll go into the next league game against MK Dons. Ironically, they've had Wimbledon as their last league game, they've just drawn Wimbledon in the cup, and they've got MK Dons in the next mm. league game, so there's a bit of a theme going on there, for Carl Robinson in particular. And <laughs> um, You obviously <coughs> mentioned that... that friendly sort of game against uh, against Queen's Park Rangers I mean I, I suppose for, for, for both sides it's a it's a chance to keep keep the fitness levels up and, and keep the things ticking over absolutely I think um, I, I, yeah I think from a QPR point of view it was um, the, the international breaks probably come at a, a good time for them it's like they've had, they've had a, a disjointed couple of weeks with matters off the field and so I'd imagine that they'll be looking to use, use some of the first team players to keep them keep them fresh but then they've also got a, a really good under 23 team who've done excellently this year uh, so there might be a few of those involved as well so there could be a real mix going up against Charlton on, on Friday but uh, it should be should be a good exercise for both teams I think 
What do you expect from from Charlton? I mean, obviously they I know that they have got a checker trade trophy game in in midweek as well, but that for them it's much the same, I suppose. Keeping keeping players fit and those who perhaps need a few minutes, it gives them a chance to. Well, it's it's vital for Charlton in terms of uh, Reeves and Marshall. You know, he's looking at these games and he's been very very clever in. They've had an international break before and played behind closed doors to get Marshall and Reeves up to speed. Checker trade trophy games have helped. FA Cup game. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, going into that game again, it gives them minutes, and it keeps everybody ticking over. You don't really want to <clears throat> have a two-week break before you play your next league game. Obviously, there's a well, <clears throat> at the same time you don't want to burn the players out because there's a, a big you know congested run of fixtures coming up. That's true, but they've had breaks <clears throat> before, so um, they've had their breaks already. And I don't think you know <clears throat> Carl Robinson was always saying that in the old days there wasn't such a thing as rotation of players. Everybody played all the time. So, you know, he thinks that footballers should be able to play, you know, Tuesday, fr- Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday without a problem. I suppose that's, that's the nature of being in, in you know, the division that they are. Mm. You do get a lot of midweek games, <coughs> particularly, you know, Championship League 1, League 2, they're, they're more so than the, the Premier League, I suppose. But it's, yeah, you, you've also got to be wary, haven't you, with, you know, using your squad and, and making sure you're keeping everyone happy. Mm. It's going to be interesting when they're all fit, who's going to play? Tariq Fossu, who was signed in the summer from Reading, didn't really play for Reading, was out on loan, uh, Colchester United, um, came back, Charlton signed him and he was expected to be a bit part player because Marshall and Reeves had come in. But as it's turned out, those two haven't played, they've been unfit. Fossu's played, their top scorer has really made a name for himself. He can't be dropped. So McGuinness is seen as the main striker, he can't be dropped. You don't drop Ricky Holmes, he is still by far uh, Charlton's most effective and best player. So it's going to be very interesting to see who Carl Robinson actually uh, picks in his team when they're all fit. Obviously a nice selection headache for mm, him. Very nice, have. and he has a smile on his face when he when you put that to him. You know, he's, he's relished this moment. This is the team that it, he envisaged when he started in the summer this season, when he bought in Reeves and Marshall. This is my team, but he hasn't had the opportunity to play it. And now, now he will have. So that must be a, a, a positive for him moving forward, because mm. as you said, if they're in a reasonably good position at, at this stage, you know, and, and with players still to come back, then things are only you'd hope we're only going one direction. You're only as strong as your bench, as they say, and, and the bench is looking stronger. You know, got Ezra Conzer who can't get in the team generally when Jason Pierce was fit before Patrick Bauer. They were the two centre halves, but now Conz is in because Pierce is injured. But they've got options. Nabi Saar, who they signed in 2014, 2015, went on loan, didn't really make an impact, but he's come back this season. Robinson's given him a chance and he, he looked really good on, on Sunday, and uh, which he would do against the National League South team, of course. But, um, you know, he's got options in every position, which is, which is good going forward. So obviously uh, this week, as we said, no, no game, but, but next week it'll be building up towards uh, MK Dons and mm. uh, I'm sure that'll be an interesting one for Carl Robinson. We've already touched on the, uh, the FC Wimbledon game. be another you know, uh, fixture with a bit of meaning for, for him, I suppose, next week. Yeah, Dons and then Dons. You know, mm. it's, uh, it's an interesting time for him. As I say, I don't think he would have liked to pick that draw out the hat. I, I can imagine what his face was, uh, was like when that <laughs> draw came out. Um, well, they wouldn't admit it publicly, I'm sure. He, he'll take any game as it comes. And he believes his team are good enough to beat anybody on their day. And actually, so do I. You know, they are 
they're good to watch. They make good, they make chances. Last season, when I started covering Charlton, they weren't creating anything. And you thought, where is their next goal going to come from? This season, the fans have got smiles on their faces because they're seeing people running at defenders. Fossu, Marshall to come, Reeves, Holmes. And it's exciting to watch. And although they're not scoring as many goals as they were at the start of the season, they're not conceding many now. So it's getting that balance right. And uh, he seems to be doing it. Excellent. Well, we'll be, um, we'll be back next week to preview uh, the MK Dons game. And that's it for our first episode of Valley Voice. So thank you, Phil. Thank you, Clive, for joining me today. And thank you for listening. Um, we'll be back next week. zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 11 euro per maand met mijn sim only. Nu met 100 minuten of sms'jes en 2500 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl.